I was doing security. We did it for five and a half years. One of the things I learned, there was always somebody bigger, nastier, stronger, faster, with more attitude, more skills than ever you will do. If you walk into any situation with respect, you are in charge. Welcome to the Humans of Perth podcast. My name is Jason. This podcast shares life stories of some of the people met randomly on the streets of Perth in Western Australia. Now, this next person I met at Cole's supermarket, and like many others, he charmed me by his warm personality and unforgettable customer service. He's been interviewed on Today Tonight, and even though he's not on Facebook, people have put up a fan page for him. And this podcast, we get to know the man who was reviving good old-fashioned customer service. My name is Barry Douglas Somers. I was born in New Zealand. My parents were born in New Zealand. Divorce never never came, but I suspect, like all good relationships, it was close at a couple of times. I remember once seeing Father strike Mother. It only takes seconds, but I remember the emotional journey when I saw this happen. Because it never happened again in front of me. And I don't know whether it did ever again, because my reaction was to get in between. And I know that within about a year, at one time, Dad and I were wrestling as he was attempting to, you know, alpha male, trying to do the routine. And I know my knee contacted his nose, and I remember we never wrestled after that. But I know my childhood with my father was always difficult, as, I, as most boys do. I never felt that I was complimented for the small achievements, but I was always reminded of the massive failings, and I always seemed to have an awful lot of failings in my life. Um, again, I'm not making a, a, a value judgment on that, but that is just my perception. And I know I felt more comfortable intellectualising with mum because I never felt I could reach a, though I did strive in my own juvenile way, just look, waiting for that word of a, a word of, um, of a compliment. I remember once, I think I once actually got top of the class and the comment, and I remember it, it's burned into my soul to this day, was that it, it's about time. And when we were doing things, if we were deconstructing and reconstructing a house, uh, doing gardening, when we were actually able to, father and son, do something, it worked. It was always a good time because we were not having to talk to each other. We were working as a team. And when that happened, it, there's, there's some beautiful memories out there. I'm, I don't play well with alpha males because I don't like being told what to do I will if advised you know or ask no dramas but I'm not in that I don't want to be part I don't want to be part of the hierarchy I don't even want to be the leader I'm just here to support as I go through and I must admit that general attitude has been with me from for forever for a brief time until my illusions were sadly shattered, I wanted to be in the army. But once the reality of how incompetent they were, it was brought to my attention. 
um, not incompetent as in individuals, not incompetent as far as the techniques of getting out there and slaughtering people, but it was the incompetence of the bureaucracy that goes with the military uh, situation. After that, it was a realisation that my analytical and observation powers were different from... I'm, I'm being aware that I ain't been like the rest. And, not, and I've never been under the impression that it's been a negative. I have found out as the years gone by that I have a, 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 what you call a mild attack of autism, um, dyslexia. You can say left or right, but I have to actually make that call, yes, that's right. You have got no way of even like the, the times table. The only reason I learned the times table was because we used to have it on the board and you had to read it out loud every day. It was rote, total rote. And I memorised the times table to enough to get through. But now, do you think I can remember it? No way, baby. I was in Darwin before the cyclone. Fell in love with a Canadian girl and running down these stairs one day there was a little kid and I just stood on and just total accident and she saw me being a big buffy you know Australian guy and she saw my reaction and I was freaking heartbroken and and, and we tried it we it died but took it to the vet and all that all that sort of stuff and and then she came back and said I thought you were a cruel inhumane Anglo-Saxon she was old much older than me uh what was I, 23-ish, 24-ish, she was 32-ish. Ideal mix, ideal mix. Massive temper, massive temper. Gypsy, Hungarian, German cross, just please, total, total unrestrained passion. That's where my karate came in. I used to, I used to be stupid. I used to laugh when she used to get loser. And I know the pots were flying, the dishes were flying, and she, yeah, and I, and I remember this, as I said, the sound of those scissors as they came across the room. <laughs> into the wall. Having been brought up in staid, English-controlled sort of environment, and then to have the passion of Europe absolutely unleashed on your face, just bring it on. And it was wonderful. And I was learning from it and enjoying it because, yes, it was extremely attractive, absolutely stimulating intellectually. Um, I'm not going to say I agreed with everything she said, but she did really much, very, was very much an empowering influence on my awareness of the equality of the genders. I was in Brisbane at that time when we broke up finally, and I'd got to a point where I was noticing there was no intellectual growth in her. I'd, I'd used up all the, all, the, all, the, all the fun bits. She was starting to repeat herself. I was growing, and that wasn't allowed because I was challenging somebody's power. I was working as a window dresser for Myers. That was brilliant. I worked, the, the guy who was teaching me was absolutely fantastic. The uh, department manager who was not teaching me was physically a, 
touching one of the young uh, ladies in the store. I had, to, I had to make a stand because I ended up walking out of the job. The lady wanted to make a complaint. There was no one to make a complaint to. I accompanied her to the managing director. We made the report that this lady is... And I was, you know, I was there, I observed. I was able to make a, 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 an observation. And all they did was basically give him a, a verbal smack on the wrist. The young lady tendered her resignation and I was asked if I was willing to um, put by, let bygones be go bygones and uh, continue on. I said, no, I'm not prepared to countenance that sort of behaviour. You, can, you can't do shit like that, part of my language. Never. I, I've, no one has, anyone that ever says that it just tries to justify that is, is it, it's just not on. It, it, it's not professional. And so then I, I went and headed for the hills then. I, I took an alternative lifestyle change from working in the city to living in the uh, rainforest up above Brisbane and uh, worked, on, uh, worked on a farm. For want of a better term, a commune, but a privately owned one. I'm also working full-time doing um, handmade shoes, handmade leatherwear. This is in a, another part of the, the, in the, the, the village area. Where I live is a, is a farm in the corner. Within running distance, there's a, a, a shed with these guys making uh, hand, handmade leather stuff, which I'm doing basically 40 hours a week, as well as bringing up the animals and mucking out the things and clearing scrub and building your own home. I'm part of the uh, structure of the community by that time. Okay, how did I meet my ex-wife? I'm, I'm at the time working full-time for the main roads department as a labourer, because even though I'm living on the commune, I've always got a job, whether it be making shoes or working on the, on the road. And let's see, well, I'm relatively good to look at. I'm wearing really short shorts on the road. We're carrying my shovel, and I step out in front of the car and tell her to stop and say, G'day, you want to go out? She was one of the popular girls. She was the one that everyone was always after. And whenever one of those ladies that whenever they get out of a car, there's always a group around them wanting to help them. Bubbly, effervescent brunette. You know, perfect woman. She was the daughter of one of the landowners who were part of a very extended, high-profile uh, family. As, as, as a de facto couple, I felt closer than as we did when I became a married person. There was a moment after the service, I'd shaken her father's hand, he never liked me, but he did at that particular point in time. Everyone was gracious, the setting was one of those beautiful moments in an old-fashioned church with roses around and the sun was shining and the trees were... It was one of those classic 18, 1800s churches in a paddock, beautiful white, everything was pristine and I just noticed that instead of being together I was talking to my parents and a hundred metres away she was talking to hers and just thinking now that's not right we, I had thought we'd walk out and be together forever but the, 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 the house we had, were purchasing at that time was an, an, old, an old one and I'd done the nursery and you know, new fireplace, 
bricked it in and all the rest, just all the stuff you do when you're, you're nurturing a, a new family. And, and just knowing after a while that it's just, it's not working. We're, we're saying all the right things. We're, we're obviously doing the right things, you know, relatively nice cars and the home where we're, we're, we're paying off, uh, yard we're growing and going off to see the relatives and the family things are happening, but there's just something missing. Just You can just see the, the fractures around the, the, the pieces. Everything is basically still together, but there's no concrete. There's no mortar holding the bricks together. Then the child arrives. The doctor's actually during the birth sequence. So the doctor actually says to me, uh, Mr. Barry, he said, in the next five minutes, you're going to have to make a decision which one you want to save. Uh, we luckily just got through with both of them living and being healthy. We were together as a family group for six years. Yeah, I just got to a point where I could not agree with the lifestyle choices. I was also having trouble with some of the ethical questions that I would have had to have dealt with. I don't wish to make a negative comment because I've made a point of not wanting to know. But I noticed there was the, 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 the quick buck aspect was coming into her political thinking, which is not where I'm ethically able to go just because of the, 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 the enormous range for dodgy stuff to happen. Whatever you do, if it goes wrong, you've got to make sure that all the wounded are taken care of. And whereas this back with financial dealings, how many millions of people have lost all their savings, how many millions of people have lost all their, their, their livelihood through yet another get-rich-quick scheme, which was the direction I was finding her talents, which are not inconsiderable. She's good at what she does. Two years later, I became officially divorced. The courts award, awarded me custody. Walked into Centrelink, baby on one hip, suitcase on the other, and said, hello, I need some help. And I don't know the ladies' names, but whoever was behind that counter, they, they treated me with respect. And they had a roof over my head that night. Remember, going back 88, there's not a lot of men being sole parents at that time. When David was in, uh, what are we, third year of primary school? Second year of primary school. I broke my ankle doing a, a course with um, one of the government agencies. David goes to school. I race madly down the road to try and continue my education. And it was an occupational health and safety course. And I'm doing the lunch break. I'm playing street basketball with the boys like you do. And it's just that white people wearing deck shoes, a la where the sort that grips. You don't want to play street basketball with people playing with basketball boots on. And I tried a nice little nifty manoeuvre, but it meant that my kinetic energy was such that when I spun back, I actually snapped the bone in my ankle. I went down straight, and the boys, you know, big, big, big African guy, you know, oh, are you okay, bro? And it lifted me back up again, because you just heard that. I was down. 
So I did, it was, I had a, a 20 cent piece of bone floating around in my ankle. Because of my responsibilities to go to the child, I was unable to go to a doctor for three days. So imagine with a piece of bone floating around in your ankle, not able to put the ankle on the floor, and the ankle is swelling up. And there I am with my tomato steak in my left hand, hopping down the road, taking David home. It was, it was one of those times when I knew David's mum was going to turn up and pick him up after school. That had been organised. So I get David off to school, then I hobble on the bus and all the rest of it to the emergency room. They look after me very well for the, the conditions. So I'm there on a, a gurney in a hallway and just going past the going past the phone, I reach out and grab this phone off the wall and I manage to get through to a friend who was able to get a message to my boy's mum because she was of the habit when she picked him up from school she'd just drop him and go. Sometimes I had to get, you know, I'd get to the door and there he'd be standing there and the car be driving off. It was just, you know, it wasn't her doing anything stupid, it was just the emotions of the time, the way it was all going. And so I always had this fear that she'd drop the child and go and this friend of mine, oh God, I don't know how she did it, she had to get somebody who actually had a car and they had to drive across and they got there just as my boy's mum and he were arriving in and so that the fact that Barry's in hospital and won't be back for the weekend because she had the weekend it was a Friday afternoon you said it was the only reason I knew I could get it done. Anyway so it all worked out so Monday morning I stagger out of hospital on crutches and life is an interesting thing but you have there was no backup you you just had to do it. I was the sole parent pensioner from the time I physically took charge of the child until I was um, until the 27th of December 1999. Remember that day very well. Uh, my 13-year-old walked down the aisle, down to the, uh, the aircraft, gave me a salute, and stepped on. And I haven't heard from them. Well, I've heard from them for the first year and then I rang one weekend and whoever was on the other end said, oh, they've left and they don't want you to contact them. So, uh, so it gave me a mental breakdown. I uh, absolutely lost it completely for at least three months. Here I am been focusing on this one person for the last 11 and a half years and uh, instantly it's gone. And I might add, I never received any um, maintenance payments while I was the uh, responsible carer. Though, for some strange reason, I was paying through the nose instantly after that. And I sort of keep on scratching my head, saying, how does, how does that work? When I finally became free after my child had left and gone to live with his mum, and I had the time to concentrate on me, I was able to get a blood screen done, which showed all the chemical imbalances, and our doctor was sitting there with him going through doing an analysis. He said, oh, he said, oh, he said, look at that one. He said, ah. He said, it just it came leap, left out on the page. It was, it was so obvious. We finally found out what was the major drama, and it uh, was a... Um, what is it? My testosterone levels were incredibly low. Born that way, and it's a proven fact now that if you're a male and you become a sole parent, your levels even drop even further just from the psychological or the physiological stuff that happens. 
So by the time I got through, it was sort of just hovering on danger levels. And it was nice because I'd worked it out and we had a program of getting it back into my system before even the University of WA started its call for volunteers to try their test run. Within my own person, there is always a nervousness, for want of a better term. And in the past, I used to run away from it. I would, I would take counsel of my fears and be afraid. And then with a bit of dogged work and just looking at the ex experience of those around me, like the, the reading that I've done, the autobiographies I've read, the people who've shared their life experiences with me while we've been in the work environment, um, just allowed me to be confident in the fact that yes, I'm not perfect, but yes, when I get out there, when I step out through that door, once I get through my own limitations, I'll do the best I can. And you never expect to be the winner. You never expect to be the loser. You will just get out there and do it. I, I, I'm actually in a situation where just by being polite, I am effectively changing the world. I have people looking to me for an example of good public behaviour, of how people should be treated in the real world, just with dignity. Even when you, you, you catch people stealing, you don't bring in the condescending voice, you don't drag over security, you secure the goods you respect the person. We all have our bad. We all have our problems. We all have our bad days. You take. You be safe. Get out there. Thank you for leaving all this stuff. I know how many people come by and say, "Thank God you're here," because I wouldn't get through the week if you weren't. And I have people in tears on that. It's a regular thing, but you cannot. I personally cannot get big-headed about it because you're only as good as the last person you were talking to. This piece was produced by me with sound composition done by Andrew Clark. You can check out more of Andrew's work at his website, andrewclarkcomposer.com. That's Clark with an E. And if you want more stories about the people of Perth, then go to the Humans of Perth website, humansofperth.tumblr.com. <laughs>